The Nature of an Amendment, authored and read by Maya Sunet Lemkis on December 29th, 2023, as a voice cast presentation of the Institute of Universal Human Rights, Hawaii. In agriculture originally, especially in historical times, adding an amendment to soil meant to improve drainage, texture, and fertility. The Constitution of the United States is the ultimate law of the land, and since 1791, it has been amended 27 times. In a metaphorical frenzy, we may even say that the land's soil needed its drainage, texture, and fertility improving 27 times in 232 years. And it was done by adding amendments to do the job. The agricultural reference is also obvious in the quote from Jefferson. The tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants, referring to the fact that the Declaration of Independence was ultimately an ultimatum and a declaration of war against the king. Benjamin Franklin was asked right after the signing ceremony of the Declaration of Independence outside before leaving the building whether they got us a democracy or a republic. His iconic answer has especially used and quoted repeatedly in 2022 for obvious reasons since the events that appalled the nation regarding the integrity of the presidential elections for the past decade. A republic, if you can keep it, were Franklin's words. In the United States Constitution, every amendment was birthed and inspired by grievances the people needed internally and nationally regulated, just as the Articles of the Declaration of Independence was inspired by the grievances against the king's injustice. Therefore, it is a document that established Britain as a foreign country. While the amendments were necessary to address the offenses suffered domestically, the most significant difference between articles and amendments is that the seven articles of the Constitution are the original body of the Constitution's text dealing with establishing an independent government, while the 27 amendments are a document of later years regulating internal disputes and grievances need to be settled for good on a federal and indisputable manner made legal for the sake of future peace and the protection of each and every citizen of the country. As the Constitution itself defines itself and therefore its Article's purpose, let me quote the first paragraph of it. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish 
justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. Therefore, the Constitution and its articles are defining the foundational working together of the elements of the government. But the amendment, also called the Bill of Rights, has a completely different purpose. It takes its own place to protect the independence of the individual states within the workings of the federal government and the freedom of the individual citizens within those states. While a constitution has never been subject to change and modifications, the amendment provide the place for potential expansion and additions to, as they become necessary throughout history. As it is clarified on the support blog pages of constitutionus.com in an article written by its editor Edward Savy, quoting, In a short while we see the Bill of Rights as part of the United States Constitution due to its housing. It is its own document with a crucial place in American history. Its adoption in 1791 guaranteed many fundamental rights of the people not clarified by the Constitution itself. But the explanation of amendments shouldn't be limited to the Constitution of the United States only, since it is a universally used terminology meaning it's making changes and adjustments to the fundamentally significant legal document. The United States as a nation was formed without any history. But if an old country writes their constitution, they will have a long history and a long list of grievances which is why Hungary's constitution is more than 30 pages long, every article addressing a historical mistake documented, and an experience-based potentially harmful vice that could cause to the people of Hungary suffering and fear for their much sacrificed for democracy and sovereignty. Since it was authored only in 2011, not many amendments have been added yet. It is a much debated document for its legitimacy, but legally effective, nation-forming and republic-regulating document. So if I were to add an amendment to the Hungarian constitution, it would most certainly be the one limiting the power of the prime minister who is appointed by the parliament, as opposed to the president of Hungary, who right now takes very significantly a second seat in decision-making, even though she is elected by the people, for the people, for the highest office of the country. The Hungarian prime minister 
can be appointed unlimited number of times and therefore can continue their agenda into each and every presidency of their lifetime. This system is flawed, especially because it is potentially subject to corruption by not observing the checks and balances of the three branches of government. I would like to change the part of constitution that leaves the country vulnerable to the rise of unauthorized dictatorship and unchecked ultimate power imbalances far from a legal democratic mechanism. I would like to include in the Hungarian constitution the lines of the United States constitution giving authorized power to the legally elected president in Article 2, Section 1. The executive power shall be vested in a president of the United States of America, in our case, Hungary. He shall hold his office during the term of four years and together with the vice president chosen for the same term. I would like to add here that the current president of Hungary is Katalin Novak and she is a lady. Hungary is really suffering the consequences of this missing article today. Also vitally important to establish the checks and balances terms of the government for further accountability of the three branches leadership. What the United States needs today as the 28th Amendment, by my perception, is more consistency between profit and politics. I would love to see an amendment that makes it clear for the United States regarding all international business relations that any financial stock market or direct marketing agreements, including all travel and tourism related businesses banned between countries, endangering international safety. By this I mean even if not an armed conflict but the threat of such and an economic embargo towards certain countries' economy must include a travel embargo too. My most recent example of it is the superfluous economic embargo conducted against Russia, which was supposed to suffer from until they withdraw from all military action in the Ukraine and the other eight Eastern Bloc regions where they hold war against a sovereign other eight nations. And all threats of the nuclear war. I would even carry it to the extent of complete disarmament and surrendering the nuclear weapons. Why? Because while innocent citizens of Ukraine were carried off to mass graves, Russian tourism in Hawaii increased laughingly. The very loyal American citizens' compassion didn't express their disgust against the revolting view of happy rich and outspokenly proud Russian tourists. They were supportive of coming here to take an understandable break 
from a weird president's frantic leadership and enjoy themselves. Loyal, but also greedy because they would lose business during inflation. What a serious breach of integrity. Because what is the point of sending economic support packages to a war field if we do not prevent their enemies from doing luxury business in our country? Really? You call that an economic embargo? Do you know how top percent rich you need to be to be able to come to Hawaii for a vacation if you live in authentic Russia today? Central Russia I'm talking about. And more. Cutting off a Hungar the Hungarian business activities would have been wise as well, since their political leadership sabotaged the common sense embargo against an extremely aggressive and universally dangerous country. Victor Urban would have had to stand his ground both towards his own citizens and not just negating any solutions Europe and the Western world are working on. Because Mr. Urban, you only keep saying no to every solution against the Putin problem. But you do not initiate any yourself being uncooperative and a saboteur of the solution efforts of a problem only makes you part of the problem and in this case the big nasty Putin problem. Create a universally true solution to the Putin problem sir and you constant your constant resistance to European solutions you will find inappropriate and you will have a more correct footing. Hopefully, the United Nations Constitution will eventually be expanded to war crisis situations since their job is to coordinate international peace and protect the individual's life from extreme political mismanagement. Will that action and expansion utilize the legal tool of amendment writing to the original global charter is entirely up to the leaders and decision makers of the United Nations International Council. The universal human right is a bill of rights for the nations. But is anyone aware that the global charter, the constitution of the United Nations, was authored by the absolutely most genius, enlightened, former USSR president called Mikhail Gorbachev to ensure no any other country or nation will ever gain power overriding the rights of an other sovereign nation's rights for existence and independence. Did you guys know that Mikhail Gorbachev was impeached by the men of power-crazy Putin? after the dissolution of the USSR and its nuclear superpower, Gorbachev is the best president Russia ever had. And they exiled him. A Nobel Peace Prize worthy president in the top of Russia. My goodness. Well, thank you very much for remaining with me for this big picture ride. 
It is probably not easy to hear these international legal and political necessities for the first time, but in our world there is very little helpful education and much mismanagement of information lurking. Conspiracy theories that first needed put right in people's head before we can participate correctly in our communities to present the best interest, represent it and preserve it for the future generations of, of its beautiful planet. I hope you sign up for my weekly show if you haven't yet participated in the ongoing chat box with your questions and commandments. And look forward to the next episode of Spacesuit Made of Flesh. In order to hear about more in detail how the United States Constitution and the Universal Human Rights Constitution of the United Nations influence each other, differ, and work together. Aloha, and let's extend Ho'oponopono attitude of righteous forgiveness to our confused political leaders this week. But I would make an exception towards the mass criminals because the victims need our unforgiving, justified stance. You have been listening to Maya Senat Lemkis on behalf of the Institute of Universal Human Rights in Hawaii. Aloha. <laughs>